going. I re going, I, going, gone. I up I updated Pro Tools and then later found out that I didn't have to because I thought that it wasn't going to be compatible when I ever updated Ableton. Have you been paying month to month for Pro Tools? No. Or are you using I, the older I, version still? Well, now I'm on the new one, but I just pay it by the year. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's cheaper. And Why don't you just get Logic? I'm probably going to the next time around. Pro the Tools is so the, much more expensive. The Yeah, the only reason that I haven't is because I know Pro Tools really well. Mm. and But when I look at it money-wise, like... At the end of this year, I'm considering going to Logic. Just That's what I'm gonna get. Just because it updates with, yeah, it just makes more sense. You pay two hundred dollars once. Yeah, and it's not like I'm doing like mastering tracking. Like, right? It's like I'm doing demos at home. Right. You know, so yeah. it makes sense to get Logic, but I just haven't made the jump. And my cousin uses it because he does like in-home DJing and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I could probably have him te- teach me the ropes with it, but I just know Pro Tools and it's easier. But yeah, I got you. But yeah, it's 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 expensive because <laughs> at this rate it'll be a hundred bucks a year. Yeah, Logic's just was it two hundred? It's two hundred. Yeah, flat. Yeah, and that's it. That's probably going to be my move next year. Yeah. Oh man, um, have you gotten a track lately at all? Have you been out to the creek much? Uh, on and off. I did. Uh, the last couple things I've done there, ironically, have not been for the creek itself. It's been like. Mm. Other okay. projects that I've been able to record for at the creek, like the the last thing that I did is jingles. I did some jingles. Oh, nice. Yeah. Like, can you say for who? Uh, I don't know because oh, okay. um, a buddy of mine, a guy in Cleveland who I grew up with, I haven't talked to in forever, he hit me up and said, hey, have you ever played drums for jingles or podcast music before? And I said, no, but I'd be open to it. So he told me to uh, just send him like four or five 30-second grooves. Yeah. Just like looped grooves and send them over to him. He sent me a couple hundred bucks, and it took me like 10 minutes to track. Like I literally just did four 30-second grooves, and they were all different. That's awesome. That's literally all I did. That's cool. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I would do more of that. That's very interesting. Yeah. That'd be an interesting thing to do. It's like, were there, were there lyrics or are you just doing like background music? He told music? me, no, he told me just send me grooves. Like there was, I was tracking to click. I wasn't mm-hmm. tracking to anything. So yeah. he's going to compose around what I send him. Gotcha. Okay. So, yeah, I just did some generic-ish grooves, some a little bit more intricate just to give him some variety, but... yeah. I mean, it was literally like, I tracked for 10 minutes. Nice. Yeah. That's and it was awesome. a couple hundred bucks. <laughs> Dude, heck yeah. Um. Anyways. Here, I'm going to, I'm going to check this real quick. Dude, you know, we, like we've, we've been talking about, uh, like the struggles as working drummers. Mm-hmm. And this week I've like significantly felt a lot of the struggle mm-hmm. or, or, or noticed more struggle, not even just in myself, but just drummers in general and mm-hmm. had, you know, random conversations with people. And then it's almost like, like material was just landing right, right in my lap for this episode. I was like, Unfortunately. wow. I, yeah, exactly. Um, but I think what's interesting too, about the struggle of it is it can kind of be dependent on where you're at. 
like physically, like what city you live in or oh, what sure. what type of music you're you're going into. Yeah. Whether you're trying to be a session player or I, I, well, I guess, how would you term a working drummer? Would you term, would you define a working drummer as somebody who's like doing sessions and working for their artists, or would you consider a band drummer a working drummer as well? Yeah, I think as long as you're making money, yeah, you're a working drummer, whether you're on the road or doing session stuff mm-hmm. or playing on Broadway or, yeah. you know, whatever. Obviously, I'm sure most everybody knows by now that you and I are in Nashville, so mm-hmm. we might have uh, a more, in some ways, limited view of what drummers' experiences are like, yeah. but at, at the same time, all different facets of music happen here between sessions and tours and cover bands and all that type of stuff. Like, all of... we Nashville music scene covers all of those bases in terms of, like, Pretty much any way you can make money, yeah, playing drums, it can be done here, right? You know, so, um, so yeah, and I mean, and it can all be done here. So, yeah, I think another interesting thing that is worth mentioning is that different drummers on on all the different levels of no matter like how you're making your money, but different levels of of success, they all have their own hardships in a way yeah. you know yeah like some some guys and girls are just trying to get a gig mm-hmm. they don't even have a gig and but there are there are their own sets of challenges with having a gig right you know with whether right. it's like interpersonal dynamics with the people in your band or yeah you know time away from home you can't be with family mm-hmm. and you know there's just there's so much there's so much that's involved with every different level of experience, you mm-hmm. know, and I wanted to do an episode like this just because I feel like everybody, you know, when we were talking on the phone with ideas about episodes and stuff, it's especially in, in the Nashville scene. I feel like everybody always wants to project the image that, Oh yeah. They're doing well, yeah. you know, and when that everything the is cool. And, um, yeah that's kind of bogus, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like we all put up a front and social media is a big part of that. It's just, you want to project success, success. Right. And well, I mean, which is understandable because you want other people to buy into what you're doing and fake it till you make it is a thing to a degree. You know, if if your social media is on point and someone comes across a video and thinks that you're doing big stuff, they might want you to be involved with what they're doing, you know? So I, I get it. At the same time, I think especially with the year that 2020 was, it's uh-huh. like there are so many people that are still trying to recover. I mean, myself included. Yeah. My The amount of work that I've had has nosedived, like, majorly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Obviously, sessions stopped when I went on the road, but I was on the road. I was playing regularly. I was making good money. Um. And I assumed that sessions would keep going when I got back home. But the thing that I didn't take into consideration is that everybody was back home. So not only do you have yourself who's like ready and eager to work and do as much sessions as possible to try to compensate for 
the work that you're missing out on the road. Right. But everybody's trying to do that because everybody needs to make money somehow, you yeah. know? So, yeah, that's one thing that I didn't take into consideration. And, you know, it's like half the reason why I was even getting some of the sessions that I was getting before tour started was because I was home and available. Yeah. And the other person who might have been the first call was just unavailable because they're on the road. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I didn't even, that wasn't even on my radar, you yeah. know? Um, and that might have been naive of me, but dude, when we got back and in, tw- in, in the, the, the year that followed, I did like three sessions. I was like, jeez. Yeah. Like this is freaking rough. Right. And, um, you know, Having a coffee shop gig for supplemental income is great, but when that has to shift and that becomes your primary source of income, yeah, not so cool, right. you know. Um, right. So yeah, I think so many people said, "Yeah, twenty twenty sucked, COVID, you know, blah blah blah." But at the same time, I think we we haven't acknowledged amongst one another the fact that we're still really trying to recover mm-hmm. as an industry. And a lot of people are having to completely like switch lanes, change gears, oh, yeah. myself included, yeah. you know, um, we're, we're moving to a different city, Yeah, you know, and a big part of that is because I just don't have the work to justify keeping my family here when right. the rest of our family is somewhere else, you know, right, right. which I haven't actually publicly announced that anywhere. Mm-hmm. So anybody who's listening to the podcast and knows me that's uh might be some news but yeah this year's been rough yeah uh what what are some of the challenges that you feel like you've encountered this year well i mean there was certainly uh, again i think 2020 it's like the topic of everyone's conversation 24/7 but um you know any any hopes or dreams that I had of going on tour last year just ceased. Yeah. But also even just being able to, and at the time I didn't have the means to track, to track at home and we're in my new studio here now. Um, but I, you know, like, so tracking was down there. Nobody was playing anything. So the only time I ever got to play if I did was after I worked and, got on a kit at the shop or something like that if nobody right. was using it but right. um and i and and again you know i think that it's the your circumstances definitely play a role in how challenging it is for you or that your challenges differ you know mm-hmm. like if you're like for me i'm in this duo with um my good friend dj cheney it hasn't really impacted that, but that's had its own setbacks in that we're, we're states apart and, Mm -hmm. you know, he's gigging at bars and clubs on the weekends. Then I've got my work and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. everything's via phone or email or whatever. That's a different thing. But, um, my biggest thing, and it's not necessarily totally a struggle for me, but the thing that I've noticed with Nashville is most of Nashville is either touring or session playing Mm -hmm. or we can include Broadway in there. That's but kind of like its own scene. The it Broadway is scene is like its own scene. There's like its own pool of people that work. And from what Broadway. I understand, it used to not be that way. I like Broadway used to be 
I mean, we could have a whole episode on Broadway, but and I haven't played Broadway, but I, I heard Broadway used to be the place to get out to get work, like mm-hmm. away from Nashville, and now it's just you can really easily get sucked in. And I know people who do that, and you know, there's no no shame in that at all. But even that, I'm sure, has its own setbacks. Like, you know, when are you going to get another call from a from a cover guy who's playing at Aldine's or whatever? And right. I think for me, the biggest the um, biggest struggle that I see on a regular basis is in the recording world um, is the phrase one percent of the players making ninety nine percent of the music. Yeah. It's a very real thing. Oh, for sure. Um, and you know, when you've got guys, including myself, who are who, you know, like my biggest thing is to go travel and play and play live shows, but there are guys who solely want to be recording guys. But when you're competing against A list players, you know, truth is harsh, but you're not gonna get on a Dan Huff session if you're not already on that list Mm -hmm. and one thing i figured out i was having a conversation with a guy at studio today is that the guys who are working their way up in nashville let's just use nashville as an example your best bet is to work your way up with engineers and producers who are also working their way up Mm -hmm. and just growing with the guys who are also growing not Mm -hmm. trying to immediately replace aaron sterling you know right um so that has its own challenges is just your your uh, resume and and then the live scene it's like here it's just word of mouth it seems like yeah like, everybody knows everybody and yeah for sure if you're a nice guy then great if you're a dick then you're not gonna get work <laughs> yeah I mean I think so often specifically with the live thing it's you know an artist will have or a band will have some dates that someone can't do and it's like well who can jump in and do this and Someone big. Oh, I know. I have a. I have a buddy that can do this. Right. Uh, and you know, you might do two fill-in dates or something yeah. like that, and then you get yourself a gig if it yeah. goes well, type thing. You know. And I to clarify, this isn't. I I don't want this episode to be woe is me sob story. No, Everybody no. feel bad for me. And episode. I, and I also don't want it to be discouraging for people. No, not at all. But like, I just the reality of the fact is that there are there are some major challenges to trying to make it in the music industry, even if the industry is going well. Mm -hmm. And then after this year, it's changed everything. Yeah. And it's okay to talk about it, you know? And part of that is also trying to figure out how to make it better. You know, like one of the things that I looked at, uh, over the course of the last year is noticing how, certain people responded to not having work and finding ways to make work for themselves, you know, and just getting creative, you know, people who were able to track remotely had a big advantage because obviously there weren't people seeing each other for a long period of time. Right. So if you had the, if you had the ability to track remotely, you had a, a big edge, Mm -hmm. um, during that year. Yeah. I lost some work, that some of the little work that I would have had, I lost because I didn't have the ability to track remote and I couldn't meet with anybody in the studio to do the tracking. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I had the time available, but I didn't have the, yeah, the means to just do it myself and have it there same day, you know, to send out. But, um, yeah, I, I think, 
I'm kind of losing my my train of thought. I mean, I don't know. There there are challenges to being a session player. There are challenges to being on the road. There are challenges to being in a cover band. You know what I mean? I I know so many people over the years that I I'm sorry to keep using Nashville things as references, mm-hmm. but that's where it, we're at. Yeah, that's where we're at. Uh, guys who've and girls who have played on Broadway. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, it can be pretty steady work, but you're playing three, four-hour sessions, Oof. and you're getting drinks spilled on you. Mm-hmm. And so I, I have one, one guy that I know that was that had a pretty consistent gig on Broadway. I can't remember at which spot, but he was telling me it was one of those. It's one of the bars where the drums are have their back to the front glass, but Oh uh, yeah, but it's like a it's like an opening garage door type thing. Mm-hmm. So during the summer, the nice months, that's open. Yeah, yeah. So your back is completely exposed to just passersby. Right. And he would get like groped when, when he was playing. Not a fan like. Of and that, what are you dude. gonna do? You're in the middle of playing. You know yeah. what I mean? You can't stop the set to be like, hey, get off me. You know what I mean? But yeah. just like, just like stuff like that. Like I would never want to deal mm-hmm. with that. Besides mm-hmm. the fact that I don't want to play country music. Besides the fact that I don't want to play covers. <laughs> Besides, besides the fact, the fact you that you want to play a four-hour <laughs> set at 10 right, at night. for a not guaranteed <laughs> sum of money, you know, because yeah. a lot of those players are depending on tips, too, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, regardless of the city that you're in, I mean, think about a local music scene in another town. For me, I'm think, readily thinking of Cleveland because that's where I'm from. Yeah. Some of the local venues are still not back open and might not open back up Man. at all. Um, and the people who were working in those scenes, you know, need to be playing live shows in order to try to make some money and they can't, you know, it's just like, it's something that's affecting everybody everywhere. Right. But on IG, we're all still trying to like make it look like we're making moves, you know? Yeah. And some people are more power to them. And there's definitely something to be said for the hustle, but, um, yeah, I think the the biggest challenge has been just trying to figure out how to switch gears and adapt to still be able to work. Mm-hmm. And I'm personally still trying to figure that out yeah. and am considering some options that I hadn't or wanted to avoid, like teaching is one of them. Yeah. You know, I, I, I have the ability to teach. I'm not an amazing teacher, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, but teaching can be good money if you have consistent sure. students. Sure. You know? Um, so that's something that I can't, at least I feel like in my position, I can't uh, completely rule out as something that I will do yeah. to try to make money. You yeah. know? Um, I'm certainly not at the point where i just want to completely drop everything mm-hmm. and get a nine to five somewhere right you know right so i have to figure out how to make money playing the drums in an industry where there's not this nearly the same mm-hmm. amount of work as there was yeah and obviously things are starting to go back up but for example the artist that i play with david he's going out a couple times over the next couple months i wouldn't be able to do it because i have a baby anyways but one of the things that he's doing with some of the artists that they're touring with is they're sharing a band mm. because they're trying to do things to save money. You know, yeah. there's like not everybody can just like get on a bus 
right like a tour bus and just go the same way that we have been going mm-hmm. you know it's like everybody's making adjustments and trying to yeah. find out ways to save money on tour and all oh, that so, kind of so, stuff. so he's having to use somebody else's band yeah whoa yeah which is weird. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it'll probably be fun to a degree if if everything goes well, but, but yeah. you know, that's that's work that I'm not getting, you right. know. Um yeah. yeah. So anyways, there's just there's a lot of stuff to to factor in even with this uh upswing mm-hmm. of the industry, which I am encouraged by it. I'm mm-hmm. I I'm glad that things are starting to move in the right direction. Good. Um there's just still stuff to figure out as the dust is still settling in a lot of ways, you know? Yeah, yeah, man. Um, you know, one guy who would be really good to have uh, on this is um, my friend Dango. Do you know him? I know we've talked about him before. I know who he is. We have mutual friends. I've never met him. Okay, he's a really sweet guy. Um, he's a perfect example of what it means to be a working drummer because he tours with Scott Stapp. He does sessions from home. He does sessions in studios. He works Broadway and he teaches. Like, the dude is constantly working. My guess is that he's not married. No, yeah, and they, yeah, and see that 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 opposes another thing. <laughs> it's like, what's your what's your life situation yeah, like? Yeah, that and, dude does is not married and does not have kids. <laughs> I can tell you that already. Yeah. Um. But again, you know, I think it just I don't know. It just differs, and we don't even have to get into the situations that we're that we're not aware of because i mean i'm sure a-list players have their questions you know especially when something like last year happened like um you know you it's and in this world too in this city i guess in this world um the term blacklist means something like Mm -hmm. if you make a wrong move or if you don't show up on time if you like you know some of those guys still don't know where their next gig gig's gonna come from like it's not guaranteed people talk People, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you have an unsavory uh, incident with someone and you're in the wrong about something, Oof. it's going to be hard to just go and get another gig. Because, yeah, it could be really devastating yeah, for your career. I mean, quickly. Your 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 actions have consequences. You yeah. know, um, nobody wants to tour with someone that they can't stand being in a bus with. Mm-hmm. You know, let alone like for one gig. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, those those types of things matter. How you carry yourself, and I think with this with this whole rebuilding time too, that how you carry yourself matters. You know, mm-hmm. I think, like I was saying before, it's easy. I think I talked about this actually in the, in the episode when you interviewed me before I was actually part of the podcast. Mm-hmm. It's easy to to have your circumstances change and for you to throw your hands up and be like, well, like I'm not in control of this. Yeah. There's nothing that I can do. I guess I'll just wait till somebody calls me or you can try to go out there and get after something. Yeah. You know, whether it's putting out content Mm -hmm. or trying to make a sample pack, if you have the ability to record or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, there's, there's things that can be done, you know? Yeah. And I think just the way that we respond to, roadblocks is just mm-hmm. as important as the, the situation that you're actually in, what the yeah. roadblock is, you know? Um, I think, I think what's, uh, 
what can be irritating is to see how a handful of people it's it's few of them but it seems like they just like haven't skipped a beat throughout this whole process you yeah. know what i mean like yeah. i feel like uh engineers are still working but even even some session players like you know i i was talking to sterling the other day uh i was texting back and forth with him and he's got more work than he can physically oh yeah do you know what i mean he's the talk of the town right now yeah well i mean and for good reason and yeah homeboy yeah, yeah. can play yeah and he knows what he's doing mm-hmm. um but i was like i can't even i literally cannot fathom what it's like to have more what? sessions yeah than i can actually like having to say no yeah yeah or to like you know uh unload work on someone else right you know like i literally i've never been in that position yeah you know um but that's a challenge in and of itself. It's like if you're if you're a hot commodity, mm-hmm. everybody wants to use you. If you might have a hard time saying no, mm-hmm. you're gonna overwork yourself, yeah. you know. And I think that's another thing that I've seen, even for some lower level guys and girls, is like everybody's trying to get after every opportunity that they have. Mm-hmm. And now that things are starting to swing back up, it's like you can overcommit yourself for sure, you know. And yeah. that's that has its own set of repercussions. You know, if you have to bail last minute on a gig because you already committed to another one that you forgot about or something like that, right. it's going to be a bad look for you, yeah. you know? Um, or double booking. Dude, I, dude, I get Well, that's guys, what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You, you say yes to two gigs without yeah. realizing or whatever and not realizing they're, at the, they're on the same date. Yeah. And you have to bail for one of them. That's the worst feeling. I will tell you, A- A-list players do that. I yeah. get I get texts and calls and they're like, dude, I double booked today. I can't make like, I don't know what I'm gonna do or whatever. And I'm like, you've been doing this for longer than I've been alive. Like, yeah. <laughs> how'd you mess that up? And, um, yeah, yeah, and you know, or like, or again, you know, if you're if you have a session at one studio at 10 a.m. and you have another one at two o'clock and you have an hour, as the play, you know, if you're not paying somebody to move your stuff, and you're not playing a house kit or whatever the case may be, like getting across town, like, yeah, you know, and I mean, that's like, that's if you're actually getting, getting the work. And again, I think the struggle just, it, it, de- it depends on what kind of player artist you're aspiring to be. Like, sure. I'm a band guy. Mm-hmm. And even, you know, in my duo, I like to think of it as a band, mm-hmm. but there's challenges in that because you're not working for somebody who has somebody working for them. Mm-hmm. You're working with, a, a person or five people or, or whatever. And all of you, like the garage band mentality, it's all on you. If you get a gig right. or where you're going or how often you're playing or how often you're rehearsing. Whereas if you're a hired gun, you're kind of told where to go right. and when to show up. Yeah. And, um, but then you can also easily get replaced. Right. You know, if you're, if you start up a band, you're kind of, it, it, it's harder for you to leave, but again, it's all on you. And yeah. Um, and then if you're not doing any gigging at all and you're just doing sessions, then it's like, well, where's my next session going to come from? Because yeah, you got, I mean, you can, you can get a call to do an, like a record or a couple songs from, from your house. You track it, you send it, you're done. Right. Then what, <laughs> you yeah. know, like that's like a daily wonder what's, when's going to happen and, or when is something going to happen and where's it going to come from? And yeah, if you're I, sorry, no, I was just going to say, I look at guys like Dango and Rich Redmond who they go attack it and they go tell people why they need to be hired. And, yeah. um, and, um, 
anyway, it's just weird. And, you know, and, and, and there, and there's no rule book on how to do it is the mm-hmm. frustrating part is yeah. like, you've got to figure it out and put up with stuff and, you know, fail and yeah. try again and fail. And yeah. And not everybody's formula for success will work for someone no. else, you know, no, not like at you're all. saying, I mean, when you're, when you're a hired gun, you're a section player, you're only working if someone else is writing, you know what I mean? And they think of you or whatever. Yeah. But, that you know, if you're in a band, you can write all you want, but you can't play any shows, mm-hmm. you know. And so, unless you're unless you're writing a hit that's getting streamed out the wazoo, mm-hmm. you're not making any money. Yeah. Unless you're playing shows, mm-hmm. like zero, yeah. zero dollars. Yeah. And when you're in a band, you know, no, no one's no one's paying you to be in a band. Right. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So the yeah. only way that you make money is to play shows mm-hmm. and you know obviously hopefully streaming and record sales well yeah. record sales come on right i mean yeah. it's literally like it's nothing yeah um so it's just there's different there's different hurdles depending on what mm-hmm. you're doing you know yeah. obviously live any anything live is still recovering right you know yeah broadway i think is basically back up to normal pretty now. much yeah but I mean, it was shut down mm-hmm. for. Was it a full year? Right about, yeah. I mean, it's insane. Yeah. And some people, that was literally their only source of income. Not even to mention people who work in like food service or mm-hmm. yeah, restaurants dude. or bars or whatever. Nothing. You know? Not not think about the players who are having to do both. Yeah. You know, like I was listening to well, and tours tours are getting booked, but they're not really starting till July at the earliest. Right. And. And that varies too. But like I was listening to an interview of Mike Shinoda from Lincoln Park and he was talking about, I forget what band, um, but he, he was on like a Zoom call with a bunch of people and that he was talking about um, getting a random phone call from one of a, a guy in a band they had toured with, like done a world tour with or whatever. And he's asking him, hey man, I'm like what are you up to? And he goes, oh, I'm selling phones. No, no, no. The guy hopped on a Zoom call in uniform and was like, I got to go in like 15 minutes. I got to go to work. And he was selling and fo- selling phones at like AT&T. And Mike was like, like, he's like, no shame on AT&T. Like if you work at AT&T, he's like, but this guy was like playing headline shows in arenas. Yeah. And now he's selling phones just to make ends meet. And yeah. so it's like, for me, and I certainly haven't gotten it all figured, figured it out. I'm barely scratching, not even scratching the surface yet. But like to think about a lot of those guys, like, unless you're the cream of the crop, a lot of those guys, even in those big, bigger bands still, they could be taken away in a second. Yeah. And, they're going to be, know, you know, they're going to be on guaranteed. the, where are they now list? You right. know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's insane, dude. Yeah. Um, it's even in the best of times, mm-hmm. anything can get taken away like that. You know, if you're in a band, the band could break up Yeah. or, you know, whatever there's mm-hmm. the, the, unfortunately the possibilities for, uh, unfortunate events are endless, mm-hmm. but, um, especially now it's like, man, I can't, I can't tell you, I couldn't tell you when I was on tour, how much I would actually miss touring Yeah, now, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, be thankful for what you got, work hard, regardless of your circumstances, you know, all of the generic 
things that I could throw at mm-hmm. someone to try to encourage them, but they're true, you know. Um, I just, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was uh, appropriate to mm-hmm. have a, a an episode where we kind of change pace a little for bit sure. and just well, talk about shit that we're dealing with. Yeah, you know? well, and I think, like, for me, one of the biggest, the best pieces of advice that I was given by multiple people was be multifaceted. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether it's, um, you know, touring and sessioning and teaching or, in my case, um, working on touring and working on se- sessioning, but also building furniture for people and, yeah, you know, or... Um, people who can do video yeah, or like, take take photos or something. Uh, yeah, like how yeah. many how many musicians do you know who are also photographers? Oh yeah. Like, and they can like shoot on the road if they go out on the road, they can shoot the other bands or whatever. Yeah, like yeah. have a bunch of stuff going on and um and it makes sense. I think there was a point in time where you could put all your all your eggs in one basket and I think that that kind of ended in the early to mid 2000s mm-hmm. because after like one of my favorite time periods of music was 2005 to 2008 a lot of my fav- favorite bands came out of there but it seems like after that it's it started to get it just kind of started to shift like e- either yeah. the band took off or they didn't yeah well and, and the industry changed majorly that's when streaming really started to become yeah, uh, a contender in terms of like how people consume music. Yeah, you know, in like two thousand five, dropped. Yeah, in two thousand five, people were still buying CDs. Maybe yeah. not as many, I but that. I mean, people were buying CDs mm-hmm. in two thousand five. Yeah, you know, um, there were still FYEs in malls. You yeah, know? dude, um, FYE, I forgot about that. <laughs> I, I bet you there's, there's so many people that don't even know what that is. Yeah, I don't even know if there are any. Uh, there are probably some that I, still exist. I think there's some in Houston I know of. But it's got to be very little. Yeah. Like they've probably closed so many stores. Yeah. But after 2008, I mean, that's like when the iPhones were and all smartphones were like stepping up big time and streaming was big. And I mean, it's like yeah. Things have changed so much since mm-hmm. since then, you know. I think the iPhone came out in like two thousand seven, two thousand six, or something like that. Probably so, might might have been a touch earlier, but yeah. it it was around then, yeah. and it still took some time for it to really like transition from only some of peop only some of the population, yeah, have these to in five years it was like basically Everyone. everybody has a smartphone. Yeah, like I literally can't remember the last time I saw a flip phone. Yeah even from people on the older generation. Mm-hmm. I literally cannot remember. Yeah. You know? So I feel like there was a big shift in the music industry around that time because definitely nobody could make money the same way that they were making. Yeah. Artists, even big artists who yeah. are selling records were taking hits because they couldn't mm-hmm. sell records anymore. Yeah. Or their record number or their record sales were like twenty percent of what they used to right. be. You know? Right. I can't remember the last time I bought a CD. Yeah, I think the last time I bought a CD, I was at like a, I was at like a like a like a CD game exchange type mm-hmm. store. You know what I mean? Where I was like going through like the the bin of like used mm-hmm. CDs. You know, I bought, I bought it like a I bought a Roots record for nice. five bucks yeah. or something like that. You yeah. know what I mean? But the Roots the Roots aren't getting any of that money. No. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like it's just it's everything's changed, and that's when people started to be more fat 
multifaceted mm. because you couldn't just make money selling records or playing shows or whatever, yeah. you know? And I wonder at what point that's going to really have even more of a negative effect on those people, on those artists and bands and players. Um, I think there are some that will sustain well, like the Foo Fighters and Aerosmith and people who are already really grounded as icons. Mm-hmm. But I mean, think about the math, like copies versus streams. When you sell like, you know, five million copies sold at twelve dollars a piece mm-hmm. think about how much money that is yeah and then five million streams but you paid ten dollars a month for unlimited music like right. it's it's so consumer minded that the the people who are allowing that avenue to exist all the artists who are the reason why spotify and itunes exist are the ones getting the axe. Yeah. And at some point they're going to be, most of them I think are going to be obsolete. And like, it's just weird. It's like, it's, I mean, as technology goes on, yeah, it changes and stuff. I mean, when was the last time you saw an eight track, but, right. It, but again, that was still physical copy. Now that physical copy has gone out, it will, streaming will never produce the same income for those people that a physical copy sold. Right or, or, or made I unless you are like huge and you're yeah. getting millions of plays like constantly. You know what I mean. Unless you're huge and established, and it's the people right, exactly. coming up. It's like, yeah. well, how the hell do I do that? Like, or but I mean, there there are obviously always going to be exceptions to the rule. Like even think about the Old Town Road song. Like what's yeah. that? I can't even remember that dude's name. Little Nas X. Yeah, that yeah. dude. I mean, he was nobody before that song mm-hmm. went viral somehow. Yeah. And he's probably made millions off of just that one song. Mm-hmm. And I know nobody bought a single, a, a physical copy. A physical right. copy of that probably doesn't even exist. Yeah. It's a single. Yeah. You know what I mean? I yeah. know it wasn't pressed to vinyl. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's a single. Uh, um, so there there are exceptions. But sure. But in general, sure. yes. In general. I mean, it's like you got to be at the top and established to be making any money off of streams or you need to be landing some like really, really good sync songs like commercials Mm -hmm. or movies or something like that. But I mean, big artists today in general, if they're touring, they're making their money off of merch. Yeah. I, I, that's something that I I didn't even realize until Mm -hmm. one I toured and sold merch. But, um, like I was talking to a buddy of mine, I was playing with this artist and uh, the dude who was playing bass was formerly in a big band. Mm-hmm. Um, and they uh, toured with, um, uh, what's that country act? Dan and Shay. Oh, okay. Is that, it's Dan and Shay, uh-huh. right? That's what it's called? Yeah, yeah. And he told me, I'm, I'm 95% sure that I remember the figure correctly, but he told me that they would sell... Uh, over a hundred thousand dollars in merch at times wow like that's obviously how they're making their money yeah yeah um and obviously the i'm sure the merch prices are absolutely ridiculous Mm -hmm. like if you're buying a t-shirt and a poster you're probably spending 40 bucks 50 bucks at at least so it, it adds up quickly you know but i mean that's first of all it's ridiculous that any band can make that much off of merch. But second of all, 
it's ridiculous that that's how they have to make money in order to be profitable. You know what I mean? Because if you're thinking about stage setups, lights, the amount of crew that you have to bring on the yeah, road. Your ticket sales are really covering that. Yeah, like, and all of that money that's even being profited from ticket sales isn't all going to the band. There's managers get paid out, promoters, you know, people are getting their cuts. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the only thing that can actually, actually be left for the band is merch mm-hmm. sales, you know? Yeah. So it's just like it's crazy how much things have shifted in terms of how people make money in music now and well, I remember seeing uh I remember reading or hearing a breakdown of like remember like I didn't drink your water, did I? Oh, your water's right there. <laughs> um I was like, I don't think I did. It's like where'd it go? Um, it disappeared. Uh I remember seeing a breakdown of um like when people bought music on iTunes, which you still can apparently, like if you're not if you're not paying a monthly subscription and stuff, like you can buy songs and whatnot. But I saw a breakdown of how of where all that money goes. When you spend ninety nine cents on a song, you're not giving Carrie Underwood ninety nine cents. Oh no way! She's giving she's getting like less than thirty percent. Yeah. Of that ninety nine cents, yeah. because the sixty percent is I, I forget what the numbers are, and I'm sure somebody listening knows and will correct me, but. Um, the artist gets the raw end of the deal. Yeah, well, then Apple gets some of it. Most of it. Uh, whoever owns the master uh-huh. is getting some. Yep. Uh, label. Mm-hmm. You know, I there's I every everybody's contracts are all different in terms of their breakdown. The some artists own their yeah. Some artists own their masters. Some don't. You know. Um. So yeah, there's there's different ways to split the pie, but yes, the the. The fact of the matter is that the artist is getting little, a negligible, a negligible amount of that yeah. money, and it's so little to begin with. Yeah, you know, I have a friend who's in a who actually just left the pop rock band that he was in, which was they were on a label, and I don't blame him for leaving for the reasons that he did. There was a lot of craziness with all that, but even the band he's in now, he like they they really struggle, like they. But he's been doing it for a long time where they, where, where they figured it out. But, like, you know, I I really root and cheer for the guys who do what I still want to be doing. And it's hard. It's a hard life. But the guys who are touring in vans, there's a documentary that Dave Grohl's doing right now or just released. And they're talking about, um, you know, touring and touring in vans and whatever um, and how people just have to do it. But. Uh, I loved watching behind the scenes documentaries of my fa- favorite bands. And he was telling me about this where you barely make enough money just to pay for gas to get to the next show. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, that is such a rough way to tour, but so many people have done it. Oh yeah. And, and so many people are still, still do doing do it. it. Yeah. And you know, not like, like splitting a happy meal at McDonald's and whatnot yeah. and like adult making a dollar go a long way. Yeah. And, um, Again, you know, there's so many different avenues of this industry and the arts in general, but, you know, in music that will vary your struggle. Oh, for sure. Um, can't even begin to touch on all of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think right now is the biggest struggle that everybody's wondering is when and, you know, what is it going to look like? And like you said, um, you know, guys are moving away like yourself and, um, you know, for whatever reasons, I know guys who, who were playing for major label acts who are doing construction and 
they you know they lost their gig or the gig just you know altogether just stopped and yep so i think even you know and, and, and we keep reverting back to the covid stuff but um I think in general, you know, I think the mindset for me that I try to remind myself of is to not put all of my energy into one thing. Yeah. As much as I want to, and I I, I still give it 150 percent in that one thing, but also doing that same amount on on a couple of other things like this podcast and right. whatever. I think that's the biggest thing in the industry now is yeah, man. Any day, any day now till this podcast starts making us millions. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> It's around the corner. Yeah, get ready. I, I, unless you're Joe Rogan, I don't think you're gonna be making a bunch of millions off your podcast. Yeah, there's got to be very few people who are making good, good money off of that. Unless you're like working on the production side somehow, and you're like employed. You know? Yeah, what I mean? yeah, that's true. Um, that's true. I mean, Dave Douglas is employed working uh-huh. on podcasts. Yeah. You know. Um. Anyways. Yeah. It's real out there, everybody. Uh, if you if you have um, done anything creative or innovative in order to like uh, roll with the punches, please like let us know what what you're doing and what's working for you, or if there are hurdles that you can't seem to get over or whatever. Like, let us know those too. We're mm-hmm. we're in this together. It's like it's, it's obviously corny and whatever, but it's true. Like, I I have so many friends that in town ta- that are in town that are like looking out for me and want to try to get me work if they can. And, you know, we, we can't survive by ourselves all the time or most of us can't, you know? Right. Um, so let us know. I mean, we're, we're all dealing with the same shit all the time and it's good to have support. Um, yeah, it's been real. Yeah. All right. Until next time. Bye everybody.